Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. everybody. Thank you for joining me today on game day, births, not balls. My name is Micah Burgess and I'm a birth doula in Waco, Texas. And today I have a follow-up on a follow-up on a follow-up. So the episode that I did right before this, um, we talked a little bit about uh, C-section and I talked about all the different things that maybe a first-time parent doesn't know if you end up having to have a C-section. And then I also did a podcast episode, Who's Your Daddy? And where I interviewed three dads, two dads were uh, clients of mine, of Waco Doulas. And one of the dads in the room, um, his wife was pregnant. They had hired Waco Doula, but they had not had their baby yet. And today I have Lauren and Jonathan Oliveras in the studio with me. And I am so glad that they're here. Say hello to everybody. Hi, everyone. Hi. Okay, y'all introduce yourselves. Tell everybody a little bit about yourselves. Well, we're really excited to be here today. Good. Um, I am an attorney at Beard Colgen, Brophy, Bostwick, and Dixon. Um, I've been practicing for six years now. And I'm from the Waco area. I grew up in Hewitt and met John. And we just love living in Waco and being in town with everybody and all our family. Yeah. And I'm a, an advising specialist at it. MCC and you know we uh, this is like Micah said this is our first child and so we were just kind of going through the journey little by little and, and enjoying every minute of it so I'm so glad so um, we're gonna take a real quick listen to part of our interview the interview that I did um, with the dads and because we're gonna connect some dots here for you guys so take a quick listen so John when you hear these two birth experiences what are some of the thoughts that maybe come up in your mind you know I, I think just the the big difference between them and and the you know the fact that both of them you know had that end result or that happy end result and everything and and just how different it can be and mm -hmm. and it you know is not probably going to look exactly how you plan it on the day but you have enough things that you have planned for that you can kind of roll with things and um, so that's kind of what that you know says to me is you know just be flexible and trust in all the things the classes mm -hmm. that you've done ahead of time mm -hmm. the preparation you've done ahead of time and and things will flow as it as it's supposed to flow so yeah that's great yeah. so what is a question that's been lurking in your <laughs> mind, John, that you would like to ask? You know, we want it to go one way and mm -hmm. then just hope, hoping that it's going to go the way that we're planning for and, and preparing for. Um, but there's always that thing. And, you know, part of the reason I, I think, um, like Cameron mentioned, is, you know, with pregnancy, it's one of the, you know, normally I'm the same way. I don't think in the worst case scenarios, mm -hmm. but I think when it's something that's not your body going through it. You have to be kind of a, a passive observer and, and, a, and not just an observer, but a, mm -hmm. a help there. Right. Um, but it's, it's certainly, you don't have as much 
right there in the moment. And so just trying to figure out where you can help out and figure out um, how you can be um, there and, um, and a resource in mm-hmm. that moment. So Right, yeah. absolutely. Okay, so I'm not sure what kind of thoughts are going through your head. John, as you hear what you just said about, you know, possibly thinking about worst case scenario because you don't really know what's going to happen. What 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 if something does go wrong? And so let's segue into you guys jump in and together as best you can tell everybody about your birth experience. Uh, in our experience, w- with our experience, it ended up being different than we expected, um, but it, it ended up great uh, nonetheless. And um, I'll let my wife kind of walk through kind of our process leading up and and then the day of, um, and then we can kind of go over that. Great. I had originally hoped to have a unmedicated vaginal birth, um, which is one of the reasons why we were so excited to work with Waco doulas. Um, I'd also um, done some birth prep classes um, through hypnobabies, but I ended up having gestational diabetes it was a risk factor for not being able to have the kind of birth that I'd hoped for. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy man was also breached the entire pregnancy. <laughs> um, and so Stinker. I know he is very sassy. <laughs> <laughs> He's very sassy. I love that. Yeah. So we had, um, you know, I'd hoped for this experience of, you know, this vaginal birth and, we didn't get to have that. Right. I My amniotic fluid was low also, so it just was a kind of culmination of a bunch of different factors, and we ended up scheduling a C-section, mm-hmm. um, which I kind of came to terms with. My doctor said, this is the safest thing for y'all to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd planned to you know, work up until the day that I had my C-section, and then my water broke <laughs> a week before I scheduled C-section. <laughs> Yes, which you knew and were vehemently trying to convince the nursing staff. Yeah, pretty sure I didn't pee. I'm pretty sure my water broke. Do y'all remember that in yes. the triage? Yes. Like it took like what, four tests or something yes. stupid like that? It yeah. was unbelievable. They anyway. ran a bunch of tests and I was like, no, I promise you, I, I know that this was you. not urine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so water broke. Water broke. Um, we, I knew my water broke and we went to the hospital and... Um, after checking my amniotic fluid levels, Dr. Waite said, "This you're low, you're too low to wait. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to have an urgent C-section. Um, so I'd already knew that I was going to most likely have a C-section. Um, but it was hard to come to terms with that because it's not really what I had wanted to do. Right, right, right. And then now another curveball. Water breaks a week early. Mm-hmm. You know, now you got to adjust again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we were fortunate that um, with it being a week early, we we had planned the scheduled C-section was with our doctor that we mm-hmm. had worked with the whole time. And we knew that if anything happened early, it was just going to be luck of the draw, whichever doctor was on call. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, our doctor was on call that day. So and great. so it worked out well on that end because uh, we got to work with the doctor who we had been working with the whole time mm-hmm. and she got to deliver, um, you know, read. And, and so that was a, a, a good thing too. I feel like my pregnancy and my delivery, the C-section itself went smoothly, yeah. no complications. The recovery has not been bad, but my pregnancy and my water breaking, I feel like was just kind of a masterclass in 
planning one thing yeah. happening and then something else completely abnormal or not abnormal, but unexpected happens. Unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that is just like we heard in the podcast, John, that you were a part of with Who's Your Daddy. That is, for the most part, new parents' biggest concern. What happens if it doesn't go the way that I want it to go, the way that I planned? And I'm going to spoiler alert, you guys. There will probably be at least one thing within your birth plan that doesn't go exactly the way you hoped or thought it would go. But when babies breach and your body dictates a fluids too low. We, we do. We got to shift. We got to change plans. And I'm going to tell you guys, I was a witness to this couple. They were absolute champs when it came to adjusting. Our experience was wonderful, even though it wasn't what we planned. And that is something I really want people to get. Yeah. I mean, as a birth doula, that's unusual for me to be, uh, promoting a birth other than an all natural vaginal delivery. Right. Because mm-hmm. most doulas are adamant about yeah. it. And mm-hmm. that is like the only way. And for me, we're really doing families a disservice because yeah. now you're going to feel what? I'm going to feel what? bad. You're going to feel bad. Yeah. Well, how's that helpful? It's not. It's not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm really hoping that more and more people can hear and will start to shift to this. I think the fear is that it's going to go back to this all medical way of doing it, but it's not. No. People are too educated now. People want a more natural experience. Yeah. I don't think we're going backwards by helping people be okay with the birth scenario that's in front of them. Right. Right. Like it was medically necessary for me to have a C-section. Absolutely. And if it hadn't been medically necessary, then I wouldn't have had to do it. Right. 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 And and we do. We see a lot of clients that are babies are breech and they are absolutely stressed almost the whole time because yeah. they are they've already drawn that line. No, I will not have a C section. And I don't think there's anything wrong with trying things like spinning babies while no, you're pregnant. Like we tried. Ha- yeah, to help get baby to turn. I think that's great. Um or an inversion. Hey, let's right. see if we can try to And we were going move to try that. Baby. And y'all were gonna do that. Yeah. Exactly. But just not enough amniotic fluid. Yeah. So. Exactly. And that's huge. You yeah. have to, it won't work. No. And, and they'll kill you. Yeah. And it's <laughs> I so don't painful. have enough fluid. Yeah. I'm telling you guys, I was so impressed with how you were handling what was thrown at you. And I think a lot of that is because, and even John spoke to it a little bit in the podcast earlier, you guys were prepared. There were several things that y'all were doing uh, beforehand. And then once baby was born, you had some things lined up even before you had the baby that were going to be aids and helping you in the postpartum process. So I want to dive into that. I would like for y'all to, if you can recall as many of those things that you guys did to help prepare yourselves for, Hey, there may be a shift. Hey, this may not work the way we want it to. Let's, what can we do to help ourselves get through the process? Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, and I agree with you. Certainly the the preparation is really what kind of helped us deal with the curveballs and the things when um, they didn't kind of work out exactly how we wanted. Um, and, and I think it started with, um, you know, obviously conversation between ourselves as we we're, you know, working to get pregnant and um, just kind of planning, you know, once we were pregnant, just uh, between ourselves, but then kind of 
those conversations shifting to talking with family members, talking with friends who had recently mm -hmm. um, experienced birth. So those were kind of the starter points. Um, uh, and then we kind of delved into some professional level resources. Um, and then uh, do you want to kind of highlight those resources? Yeah. So we had a friend who used hypno babies and she used Waco doulas. Mm -hmm. And she had a unmedicated vaginal birth, and it was a great birth experience mm -hmm. for her. And I trusted her, and I was like, oh, hypno babies, that sounds really cool. And it basically really helped me with stress levels. Mm. Um, I'm very type A, and so I want to control things. And it kind of let me have some time in the evening to let go of the stress so and just good. breathe. Yeah. Um, so that was helpful. Mm -hmm. And then... Hiring Waco doulas was hugely helpful, knowing that whatever our path was, that we would have someone who'd been at a lot of births before yeah. and seen the gamut of, mm -hmm. okay, you know, if we need an emergency C-section, they've done that. If mm -hmm. we need whatever we needed, we figured that y'all had likely had yeah. that something like it happened before. Probably, yes. Yeah. Um, and then a huge resource for us has been Compleo Kids. Awesome. Yeah. So They're so great. They have a package that is a visit with a pediatric PT, a visit with an international certified, international board certified lactation consultant, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a pelvic floor physical therapist. Oh, yes. Compleo. They are amazing. In fact, uh, they were here um, for a podcast episode as well. And that episode is called Getting Help is the New Norm. So, hey, there's another follow up to a follow up. Having those resources and meeting them before mm -hmm. Reed was here was really important so that we'd already established a relationship with them. Um, yes. And then so we important. could say, here are the things that we're concerned about. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like with breastfeeding, I wanted to breastfeed, but I had gestational diabetes, which can impact mm. whether your milk comes in, you know, right after birth. Also with a C-section that can impact when your milk comes in. And so Lauren Sams, the yeah. lactation consultant, had said, hey, be aware with gestational diabetes and with a C-section, mm. you may need to supplement with formula. Okay. So a lot of the things were so great. heads up mm -hmm. so that when something did happen that we weren't expecting, yeah. they could say, I could say, oh, mm -hmm. I knew that this was a possibility. And that what you're talking about right now is is a huge, huge thing that we focus on. And that is your mental game, <laughs> the mental support. And while some people may say, and I'm so glad you don't feel this way, but the truth is your physical body, Lauren, did not do what you thought it was going to do, it right? It did not. It I did was, not. No. And so, so many people are like, oh, I failed. What's wrong with me? Okay. So that's not true. First of all, you, you, no, you not true. did not fail whatsoever. I mean, it's, this is life y'all. N none of us can plan these things. I mean, they, we, we roll with what we can roll with. But what my point is that even though your physical body did not do exactly what you thought it was going to do as prepared as you were, your mental preparation and your mental game is what got you through Absolutely. to have a birth experience that when you look back at it, what are your thoughts? When you look back at your birth experience, are you like, damn it, didn't get the birth I wanted? No, absolutely not. I'm so proud. I'm I'm really proud of like the gestational diabetes, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a very unexpected diagnosis mm -hmm. for me. I was I eat really healthfully. I 
am in pretty good shape. I was running through week like 25 of my pregnancy. Wow. And I got my blood test back and they were, it was borderline. Anyways, I ended up taking insulin. Wow. And I worked really hard at the dietary restrictions. I took my blood tests four times a day. And when my OB delivered my baby and told me that his, that he, you know, was not, because one of the risk factors with gestational diabetes is that your baby is, is too big. Yeah. And he was under seven pounds. Yeah. And she was like, you should be so proud. <laughs> um, and just knowing that I had worked as hard as I could mm -hmm. to do what I could to have a healthy baby and to prepare myself to have him. Mm -hmm. And then knowing that I made decisions that, that John and I made decisions that were going to be the best for him. Yeah. Like Absolutely. I didn't want to have a C-section, but that was the easiest decision I've probably ever made because that was what he needed. Oh my gosh. I love that. And oh, if you're listening to this, if you are a new parent and especially if you're expecting and your big fear is, oh my gosh, what if I have to have a C-section? Uh, listen, I get it. Nobody wants to have major surgery. No, no nobody wants that. that. That's a given, right? But if you can hear what, what Lauren and John are trying to say is, yeah, but in the big scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Easiest decision I've ever made because yes. that's what my baby needed. Yeah. And that, I think, is the baseline. If you can keep in your head mm -hmm. at the base of all of the decisions that you make about your pregnancy and about what your birth plan hopes are mm -hmm. and about your delivery is that what I'm doing is trying to make the best, best decision yeah, for my baby. Absolutely. Then I think that's really a helpful way to kind of keep yourself in check and keep your hope, you know, so your if your hopes are not met, yeah. then you can you don't just collapse and say, "Oh man, I'm really dis I was disappointed." Of course. But but it disappointed is different than despair. Yes. Yeah. Very different. Yes. Yeah. And and even after the birth, you know, the the day of birth, you know, there were still things that came up, you know, after after birth that, um, you know, weren't as we planned or weren't things that were necessarily what we were thinking was going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, Reed had some struggles with some breastfeeding because he had some tongue tie issues. Yeah. And so, you know, that was something that we learned more about after, uh, you know, after his birth and you know, in those first few days, and we connected um, fairly quickly. First of all, in the hospital, um, we had a great nurse who was kind of walking us through some some different options to supplement while mm -hmm. you know while he was figuring out breastfeeding, yeah. while we were figuring out how his tongue tie issue kind of factored into yeah. helping him latch and, and those things. Um, so we had a a plan after we left the hospital to try to help him get as much food and nutrition as possible. And then we started connecting with um, pediatric uh, dentists to uh, work on the tongue tie issue. And we were able to get that um, taken care of early in his life. And yeah. we were running into parents at the, you know, in the waiting room who, you know, their child um, hadn't gotten their tongue tie taken care of until, you know, months down the road, wow. sometimes children don't get it until like after a year or two wow. years. You know, so, you know, us being able to get connected early on and have that early intervention mm -hmm. really helped read. And, you know, he has no lasting oh impact from it, you know, speech or otherwise from, from his tongue tie early. And, and so again, that was just, um, 
you know, the, the preparation ahead of time, but then that wasn't something that was necessarily on a radar. So then yeah. it was just preparation in the moment mm-hmm. and talking with friends um, who had had similar experiences and then just reaching out to various networks, um, you know, uh, who helped us connect with another, another resource. So. But also that was huge because we didn't, we would not have realized he had a tongue tie except the lactation consultants said, hey, yeah. you need to get this checked out. So great. Yeah. So already having the relationship yes. and saying, you know, then we, we weren't in the dark yeah. about it. Yeah. They were able to say, you need to get this checked out. Here are some options for people you can go see about it. Yeah. And I think sometimes the stigma of seeing a specialist or going to um, figure out what potentially could be wrong can sometimes make parents feel again, I've failed. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my baby? And that honestly can keep people from going to get help from even getting a consult. Like the, the stigma of that, I had to see a specialist for some reason, hopefully that's changing now more and more and more. Um, and I think it's super important. And, and so I'll just ask the very blunt question. Do you guys feel like, wah, wah, oh, this was, you know, every, everything went wrong or there is something wrong or were you hesitant or feel strange like seeing a specialist or looking into that? No. No. So glad. You know, we just saw it as another opportunity of connecting with someone who had more knowledge than yeah. us. Uh, I mean, exactly. um, in, in their field, in their area. Mm. Um, first of all, we're, you know, we're first time parents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, any parent is going to have more knowledge, but then also than the professionals in, yes. in their arenas, in their individual arenas. And we have found that, you know, a million times along the way with Reed. Um, and I'm sure we'll continue to, mm-hmm. to find that. Um, and he just he just benefits from it um, because it's it's again increasing our support yes. network, increasing um, you know the host of people that we can ask questions to that we can mm-hmm. feel supported from. And so it was a, it's been a great experience along the way, even yeah. with the things that we didn't plan. You know, we wouldn't change anything about it because it's, it. it's really um, helped us learn. It's it's benefited Reed in mm-hmm. so many different ways. So so good. And what I'm hoping. The listeners today are hearing from you guys is the peace on you right now because of the choices that you've made to allow people to come into your space, to allow, you know, to not be so protective, uh, to not care what people may potentially think about the fact, you know, who cares? You said it, John, this benefits read. This benefits our child. And that is what parenting is all about. And you start when you're pregnant. Yes. That is when parenting starts. And it, it is about what's best for him, not what is the most convenient for us. Oh, my gosh. I cannot go once a week to a PT. I Like, like that's just not in the cards. I can't do that. Okay. Then maybe you can find somebody that can. Yeah. <laughs> or at least go get a consult. Maybe you won't have to go every week. But to not pursue avenues when maybe your gut tells you, hmm, or, you know what, I don't really know, let's go see. Then you could potentially, like you guys said, putting be putting something off and making it potentially worse. Yes. Rather than just biting the bullet, go for it. What's it going to hurt? Yeah. Well, and for example, Reed, because he was breached, the way he was positioned, mm. he had a big flat spot on the back of his head. Yeah, very common. Very common. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but his was pretty, it was pretty flat and we would not have even seen it. I would not have processed that he had a flat spot because he's my baby. And he's <laughs> right, perfect. right, right. Yes. Um, except we were seeing the pediatric PT and yeah. she was able to say, hey, he's got this big flat spot. Yeah. When you lay him down in the crib, make sure his head's turned the other direction. Yes. I mean, so simple. So simple. And we've avoided, we, he's not going to need a helmet. Oh he's not going to so need great. any intervention because we were able to yes. get that advice from the PT. So great. Yeah. Y'all, this has been so helpful, so informative. This might be one of my more informative episodes because the whole point of me doing this is I want to help as many people as possible, as many new parents as possible. I want to uh, expose as many things as I can. I want people to know what their options are. I want you to hear positive birth experiences, and that includes gestational diabetes, C-section, breach, flathead, tongue-tied. It includes all of that. That can be a positive experience too. It is. That's so nuts. Yeah. And I'm hoping to change the narrative and the conversation about how we view all of that. Because I think most of the time people think positive birth experience, positive pregnancy experience, whatever, everything that surrounds that means it's perfect. And that it went exactly the way we thought it was going to go. No. Not true. Not true. And we just debunked that myth. I love it. I'm so, so, so happy. Okay. Before we uh, close this episode, tell me two or three things about Reed. How old is he now? He's six months. Oh, my gosh. All right. Tell me two or three things about him that would just give me this instant picture of what he's like right now and how much you guys are enjoying him. Oh, my gosh. Well, one of the things that I think is hilarious, he has a little bouncy chair. Okay. And he has learned how to make it bounce himself. And he will just arch his back just so much. And then he will lean back really fast to make it bounce. And he gets so excited. And he'll just move his little head around. I love that. Um, He loves petting our dog. Yeah. In the last, you know, probably two weeks, two or three weeks, he started going, shifting from we he would notice you know poppy our Mm -hmm. dog um but he's kind of shifted to seeing you can see it in his eyes where he Mm -hmm. sees her on a different level and you know we'll put him you know close enough to her and she's been really great with him sure um but he'll reach out to kind of pet her and we're teaching him how to pet her gently and (laughs) he just his eyes kind of sparkle when he does that and he, he enjoys it uh, she's still a little iffy on it, but she'll, she'll grow into it. Um, yeah. She'll train him. No yeah, worries. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She'll be exactly gentle, right. but she'll train him. Yeah, she'll train him. That's exactly right. And he's right. very animated. He's he's really laughing a lot now, you know, right now. And just um, when he giggles, when he kind of gets into um, giggling, it's really great to see him mm-hmm. just enjoying life and, and just soaking it in. He is constantly looking around now and and, you know, we're trying to keep him from looking at screens as much, but uh, <laughs> but he is exploring his world so much, and so it's really great to see. I love it. I love it. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you. Thank you. I really you. am. I'm really proud, proud of myself. Of I'm yeah. proud should of be. Yeah, Absolutely should be. Absolutely should be. Thank you all for making the time to Absolutely. be with me oh, today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining me on Game Day, Birds Not Balls. You can follow me on my Instagram page at mydoulamica. You can also find me on wagodula.com, wagodula is on Facebook. And if you like what you heard, you can subscribe or you can find us on roguemedianetwork.com. Thanks for joining us.
This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Podcast.